Hey, podcast family. Did you know that on May 2nd and 3rd, 2024, our 3D Growth Summit is happening in Nashville, Tennessee? But in-person tickets are already sold out with nearly 400 attendees. But you don't have to miss out. You can get exclusive access to our live stream and post-event recordings for just $395. Yes, you heard that right. For a single fee, you and your entire dental team can learn from our industry leaders with online recordings available after the event. So secure your spot now before it's too late by visiting www.3d-dentist.com slash 3D Summit or give us a call at 855-332-2285 and get your tickets for the live stream and event recording today. Now, let's get to this week's episode. What we mean by efficiency is more, more procedures at a single visit. Yes. Okay. What I think most dentists hear when we use the word efficient is faster. Okay. And yeah. there's, a, there's a difference. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a difference in being more efficient versus being more productive. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so we misuse those terms sometimes, uh, you know, just naturally. Yeah. So we don't want our doctors to be more efficient. We want them to be more productive mm-hmm. because I promise you, most people, when they think of efficiency, they're like, well, I prep in 90 seconds. How much yeah. faster can I get? Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, you're wasting 20 minutes turning over a room yeah. uh, or wasting 10 minutes going from this room to this room when you could have just done two crowns on the same patient, yeah. two fillings on the same patient, or two implants on the same patient. So we, we as, as yeah. 3D, we need to start stop using the word efficient and use the word more productive. We've been misled to believe that dentistry, more specifically the dental business, has to be complicated. Dentistry can be simple and dentistry should be simple. Welcome back to this week's episode of the Dentistry Made Simple podcast. Uh, I'm not with Meredith this week. I am by myself, but I have a guest. And this week I want to talk to you about something that uh, I think many of us are struggling with or having a hard time to define And part of that is because it's an evolving role. And what I want to talk about is the quote-unquote office manager. And um, one will argue about the title a little bit because I think office manager is an old-school term. Uh, But I want to talk with uh, Sully Sullivan's office manager, Aubrey Rosenbaum. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. I thought your name was Treatment. Uh, Maiden name. (laughs) Maiden name, right. And uh, she is, what's your technical title there? I'm the director of operations. Is that a made-up word? Yep. Okay. <laughs> but when you describe yourself to other people, what do you say? I help run Sullivan Dental Partners. Okay. All right. <laughs> so what I want to do is, and, and look, I have a, a very capable office manager, and she's not here with us. Otherwise, I would have her on. Um, but it is a position that I've always struggled with conceptually. And I think part of that is, and, and tell me if I'm kind of wrong here. I, I want to kind of lay some groundwork here. Is I think there's four phases of a dental practice or four levels of a dental practice. I think there's a level one where an office manager isn't needed. Okay, and that's a practice between zero and $800,000. At that point, the dentist is the leader and to a certain degree, the roadblock of the practice. Uh, and then there's a level two uh, phase of the practice, which is then typically it's going to be between that eight hundred and one and a half million dollar range, and that's where the dentist starts doing more advanced procedures, uh, things along those lines, and and then their time becomes a little bit of a bottleneck, and there's more team members and things like that, mm-hmm. uh, and then you need a 
I think that at that point you need a traditional office manager, basically someone that takes care of HR, that does kind of some of those things. Um, and, and we, you know, you can disagree with me. And then there's a third level of practice, which is where I'm at. Okay. And that's in that one and a half, you know, 1.8 million to three and a half million dollar ballpark. And that's when you start needing someone that, you know, is a hybrid between an operations person and a office manager, because then there's more and there's more moving parts and pieces. Then we start looking at multiple doctors. We're looking at a larger team. We're looking at more technology. We're looking at a broader scope of practice. We're looking at different marketing. We're looking at lots of different things to get to that revenue level. Uh, and, and I'm I'm in that three plus million dollar ballpark, so I'm kind of right there. And then there's the level four practice, which to me is a single location that's doing, you know, three and a half to seven million dollar ballpark is kind of there. And and I think that's where you leave the operation. Sorry, you leave the office manager role, and one becomes kind of a COO, a chief operating officer, an operations person, someone that's in charge of the day to day. Uh, and, 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 and Sully and the, his dad's practice are in that level four practice. You know, you're in that three and a half plus, you know, uh, we don't have to share numbers. You're welcome to share numbers, but you're in, your guys are well above $4 million in revenue. Uh, and it's a bigger role than a traditional office manager. Uh, so, but it wasn't always that way, that, correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when, when you walked into that office, um, let's talk about your evolution because you, no, no one, I don't think, is actually trained to be an office manager. And, and I think um, they get thrown into that role, they become that role, or they just get by that role by default. So walk me through your evolution of becoming the operations person at the practice. Yeah. So when I started, I've been with Sullivan Dental Partners for five and a half years, which is crazy. Um, but that's when I, nothing. I know. It's a drop in the it's, bucket. It's been, it's crazy the evolution that's happened for Sullivan Dental Partners, I guess. So, so let's s- talk about both of those, yeah. your evolution and their evolution, because it leads to each other, correct? Yeah, yeah. Right. they go hand in hand. So when I first started, I started out as our um, sleep champion. I was a hygienist, but at the time we didn't need an additional hygienist because we were max, maxed out in the space that we were had. Were you a hygienist somewhere else before joining uh, the Sullivan's? Yep. Okay. So I'd moved to Nashville and was a, had been a full-time hygienist um, just a few years out of school for dental hygiene. Um, but I had gone and gotten my bachelor's degree at UT, which is where I met Dr. Sully in college. Okay. So we had become buddies. He went to dental school. I went to dental hygiene school. And so we always joked about you know getting to potentially work together down the road. And so when we moved to Nashville, it was an exciting opportunity to meet together or to start working together. But he didn't need a hygienist. So I jumped into this role that didn't exist at the time, but mm. that we called sleep champion. Right. He had still left for me. But and, yeah. Yep. Um, so I helped start our sleep program because mm-hmm. he had just started, you know, treating patients for sleep apnea. And so that was something that I think, you know, immediately out of the gate started to teach me how to view my own business. And were you making hygiene pay at that time? Yes. Okay. Okay. And I was I was helping fill in in hygiene because I mean I, at the time that's what I still thought I wanted to do and eventually get to so that was the goal so anytime somebody was on vacation or out or and how big were Sullivan Dental Partners at this point when you walked in yeah um, we were right at like three three million I would say at that point maybe two maybe a little bit less yeah maybe you. two and, and you half. were two dentists two dentists four hygienists mm-hmm. um, 
I would say five assistants. Okay, and you were in, I think, 2,400 square feet? Mm-hmm. Okay. And we had two girls up front at okay. the time. Yeah. All, right. all these are important facts, okay, yeah. because uh, kind of the scope of the practice and all of that stuff. Okay, mm-hmm. so now you're sleep champion. Let's fast yep. forward a little bit. So I start out as sleep champion, and I'm sitting up front with the girls that are working up there, and so I'm just constantly learning what what the roles are up front and gaining a huge um, level of appreciation for the amount that goes on at the front desk, um, especially in such a small building. Um, so I just continued to learn what their roles were and help where I could when I wasn't doing sleep and as I was growing sleep. Um, then we continued, as our practice continued to grow, we identified the need for somebody that would be more like a treatment planner. And since mm-hmm. I'd been doing that essentially with sleep anyways, um, and had the hygiene background, I help, started helping with treatment planning and became one of our main treatment coordinators. So let me ask you a question. During this time that you're the sleep coordinator and transitioning to the treatment coordinator, did the practice have a quote-unquote office manager? No. At this, no. At this point, we never had an office manager. No one was titled that. No. Basically, the leaders were Rick and Sully. Mm-hmm. Okay. And at that point, too, I mean, Dr. Sully loves the business side of things, and mm-hmm. you know, he was still learning so much about it, too, and helping grow it that he was comfortable, I think, running everything at that point with the size that we were and in the building that we were in because you could just lean your head out the door and yell and the right person would come sure. running. Yeah. Or yeah. somebody would come running. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you went into treatment coordinator. Yep. Okay. So again, just continued to learn, you know, about all areas of the practice. And I think... What areas did... So what areas did being a sleep champion help you see that you didn't know as a hygienist? The biggest thing for me was just that's when I realized that tracking reports okay. was critical because I, that was the only way to gauge how, you know, how much I was money I was making the company. And okay. if, if my role as a sleep champion was even worth being a role. And in my mind, if I wasn't doing hygiene, I wanted to justify them you know, paying, paying me what I'm, yeah. I'm being paid to at least, you know, break even with what a hygiene's hygienist production is. Okay. And so that was my immediate mindset of like, I have to, these are my goals for the year. How do I reverse engineer it? Okay. And, you know, how do I keep sure, my job basically? Yeah. Make sure I'm meeting those, those goals. Okay. All right. Now you moved into treatment coordinating and just briefly, very briefly, kind of what, what did that involve? Because I want to do a whole episode with one of my treatment coordinators on that, but what, what did that involve? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hey there, podcast family. T-Bone here to talk about the 3D Dentist Digital Implant Continuum. Are you ready to start placing dental implants but feeling a bit hesitant and or overwhelmed? I know that feeling. I've been there. Let's change that together. Imagine not just learning about dental implants in a classroom, but actually performing surgeries on real patients right here in North Carolina, guided every step of the way by our expert 3D mentors. This is dental implant learning at its best, using techniques that are safe, predictable, and confidence-boosting. They're exactly what I use in my own practice, so you know they work. Our course goes beyond clinical skills. We prepare you to successfully integrate high-demand implant services into your practice, transforming your career by attracting new patients and elevating your practice. And it doesn't end with the course. Completing our program is just the beginning of a new journey. You'll be a part of a community of confident, skilled dentists with ongoing support to ensure lasting success and growth. After all, this is about mastering a skill that can transform your career just like it did for me. So, are you ready to take your practice to the next level? 
visit www.3d-dentist.com, check out our upcoming sessions, and join us to revolutionize your practice. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now let's get back to this week's episode. I think, you know, coming from hygiene, treatment planning is already part of your your role. We hope. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So, or you're at least familiar with the dentistry to some degree. So I think treatment planning wasn't as potentially as intimidating as the sleep aspect was, um, but it was just learning, working really closely with Dr. Rick and Dr. Sully to learn, you know, what their sequence of treatment was, Mm -hmm. what procedures they were offering, and then how to get to the point that I would be the one, you know, spending the majority of the time with the patient so that the doctor was just in a consult And when you say, so with the patient, that is helping them want the dentistry they need, Mm -hmm. how to pay for (laughs) it, and then how to make the appointments and walk them through the process, basically. Walk them from beginning to end. Yep, start to finish. And, you know, a lot of times it was with new patients, so it's getting them comfortable initially with just Sullivan Dental Partners in general, almost, you know, selling them on Mm -hmm. the doctors before they ever meet them, to then doing the exams, at that point, too, I was helping, you know, do the pictures and x-rays and okay. um, helping in the back with sterilization and numbing patients still. But, um, yeah, going from start to finish through the whole process. Of and still no office manager in the practice. Correct. All right. Yeah. Sounds like it might have been a little chaotic sometimes. Yes. Okay. Yes. But that's the point is that you learn, you learn and, on the cuff. And when, what, what, did, what did being a treatment planner and treatment coordinating what did that show you that you needed in today's role? I think the reporting was the biggest thing for me early on, was learning that, I mean, personally, how much I even, I didn't realize how much I loved numbers until mm-hmm. I was tracking it for myself. And then when I started to see areas that, you know, we were suffering in certain, certain you know, departments or whatever right. it may be, that's where I started to see the need to, help others in their positions or identify places that I could step in to like backfill in certain certain roles or you know I think that was the biggest thing that it taught me before I ever knew that a office manager or director of operations was potentially a role I could step into. Did it also help you understand insurance a little bit more and the patient's uh, aspects of insurance and how that kind of affects the treatment? Oh yeah I mean yeah. I remember the number of times I would you know, sitting up front next to the two girls that were working with us, the number of times I would lean over and be like, can you help me, you know, come up with this treatment estimate? Or how much is insurance going to pay for this? Or is this a procedure that's even covered? Like, okay. at that point, I, I didn't know anything about dental insurance. But what was bizarre was that I'd learned a lot about medical insurance, insurance. through sleep. Sleep, right. Yeah. So I almost knew more about medical than I did dental at yeah, that point. Yeah, but medical doesn't really help when yeah. it comes to actual dentistry, yeah. you know, 99% of the time. Yeah. All right. So how, how did you step into this role of operations, office manager operations? Yeah. So I would say from the treatment planning aspect, you know, that's when we really started to realize that Sullivan Dental Partners was outgrowing our mm-hmm. um, original home. And so we started doing the build out next okay. door. And so that immediately required a lot of, energy from Mm -hmm. Dr. Rick and Dr. Sully. And so I think that was a a point that they were like, okay, we need you to start helping organize things. So perspective Mm -hmm. for the the listeners is uh, Sullivan Dental Partners was going from 24, 2,500 square feet to 10,000, 11,000 square feet next Mm -hmm. door. Uh, The practice has gone from just Dr. Rick to Dr. Rick and Dr. Sully to then four dentists at that time and now almost going, getting ready to go to five dentists. Uh, so, so it didn't really start that they recognized the practice needed 
needed some of the help. They, they just, just need, they, help. they needed help kind of managing the building process. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. So again, like we still at this point are not calling it anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just really helping with, you know, organizing phone calls that are coming mm-hmm. in while they're doing dentistry and, and project managers that okay. need, you know, questions answered. Um, and still doing a lot of different things behind the scenes, like, you know, making random documents that I've mm-hmm. realized that we needed for, you know, <laughs> just random things or mm-hmm. whatever the, the miscellaneous things were that, that we needed at the time. So I started stepping into this role of organization. And so I think the team continued to see that, like, I was almost becoming this point person okay. for the doctors. I gotcha. So you, 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 the team started recognizing and you started recognizing that you were the de facto team leader mm-hmm. at this point in time. Yeah. All right. So that's how you kind of stepped into the role. Yeah. Okay. So now let's fast forward a little bit and let's look backwards. Mm-hmm. And I think there, from your perspective, there's kind of three things you want to talk about that your roles are. Now, obviously there's many more, but three main things that we identified you want to talk about. One was a systemization. Mm-hmm. Uh, two was business development. And three was providing leadership to the team. And, and you would kind of say that 80% of your time, 90% of the time is kind of focused in those three categories. Uh, again, that's systemization, uh, business development, and leadership. So let's kind of break into systemization. What, what, what did that mean to you? What did you see? What did you do? And what has the outcome been for some of those things? Yeah. So I think very quickly we realized the amount that we were going to grow just with the number of bodies that we mm-hmm. were going to add to our team. So... As we were going into the new building, we realized, I mean, we had 11 team members at the time and quickly jumped up to like 20, you know, over the course of a few months. And so it was, you know, crazy for me because I'm like, okay, if we're about to start bringing on a lot of team members, we need to be able to give them very clear outlines of what their role is and what they're going to be stepping into. And so to do that, we need to have a clear idea. Okay. And so systemization for that was just almost making documents to show like this is these are the areas that we need you to help fill in the gaps when you step in at Sullivan Dental. So Partners. be more specific with me. Yeah. With so, our audience. Yeah. So I mean, as as a give us an example sterilization tech. Okay. You know that wasn't something that we'd had before because we were able to kind of manage that on our own. Right. Um, but just being able to make that a full time job, you can't say, hey, just stand here and and run sterilization. You want to make sure that they're, they're filling in the gaps in their free time because that's mm-hmm. natural. So giving clear expectations on... So you're talking about a job description at this yes. point. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. So at so the time, look, we back didn't up, have this. Yep. And I'm not making fun because yeah. I'm no better, yeah. okay? And I don't think any of our listeners are better. Yeah. So you looked at it from a, from a real operations perspective that every team role, every team member needs to have some kind of job description. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and so if you don't mind, what, what are some of the different, not the specifics of the job description, but what are the different jobs that, that you see that you have descriptions for? At this point, we have one for everyone. Oh, so um, go through that for yeah. me. So, I mean, our entire front <clears throat> office has their own breakdown of so what their So is that one for the whole front is. office or multiple? No, individuals for the front okay. office, because those are a little more specialized. But we have an insurance coordinator. We have um, two patient concierge, which are the girls that are mm-hmm. up front taking on or bring in patients. And, so treatment coordinator, patient concierge kind of thing. Uh, well, treatment coordinator separate too. Okay. But, <laughs> All right. um, so we've got a treatment coordinator up front. And then in the back, those are our four roles up, up front. And then we do have a new patient coordinator specifically okay. too. Are these job descriptions things that you developed in advance of hiring these people or kind of, hey, we 
created this role, now this role needs a job description? I would say that uh, we tried to create the roles before the, the team members were brought on, just mm-hmm. so that it, there, it wasn't chaos when they start. You know, everybody, when they're, they're hired into a new position, they at least want some sort of like, this is what you're going Direction, to be Direction, guidance, yeah. 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 Um, but obviously there's a natural evolution that happens when you have several new team members and learn personalities and where other people may you know, be different in different areas, okay. for the better. So those I keep going. So we have front office, yep. job descriptions and duties. Then kind of walk me through the back. Yeah, at the back, we do have a, a standard like assistant, you know, mm-hmm. daily operations, and then a hygienist. Okay. Um, those are kind of standardized yep. for the hy- assistant as a whole and hygienist as a whole. Correct. Okay. And then uh, beyond that, we have the sterilization and role. the treatment coordinator and treatment coordinators. Yeah. Okay. Anything for the dentists? <laughs> They've got their own. <laughs> <laughs> they make their own, or you've no, made one for them? I've made one, but they they beat to their own drum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they don't need me to help them. Well, with if their the name's assistance. on the door, I'll accept that. Yeah. If the name's not on the door, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. maybe not so much. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So all right. So so walk me through some more other examples of systemization for you. Yeah. Um, I would say systemization also looks like scheduling. You mm-hmm. know seeing areas that, that we're not being efficient with our time and identifying that we need to start doing priority scheduling. Or right, walk tweak. me through that. What, what, like, give me some examples of that. Yeah. So first and foremost, setting goals was a huge thing that we had to you know, almost force the doctors into sitting down to identify because until you have a goal, you can't work backwards to okay. achieve it. So, and naturally, Dr. Rick had, had an idea over time that we, we knew to work towards, but... Um, definitely going into the new building, we had new goals. So right. um, it was a lot of reverse engineering to just... So was there really any type of... Let me... I want to backwards here. Okay? Yeah. What did goals look like before and what do they look like now from in terms of just a structure of it? Was there a structure for goals before? As far as the schedule goes? Mm-hmm. Or, or with the, the conversation? Schedule, yeah, the, yeah, all of it, kind yeah. of. Yeah. Um, I think a couple... A few years ago or before we were <clears throat> having those conversations, it was really just... Like, there was no pre-planning to it. it you yeah. know, the schedule filled, the schedule, the numbers produced what Dr. Rick wanted the numbers to produce to st- sustain his life, and he was happy. I think it was a smaller team, so he was able to manage it on his own. Mm-hmm. He didn't have those, like, stress factors that naturally come with just more bodies. Right. And how detailed are your goals setting now? They're still not that detailed, but now they're more focused on the procedures that they want to do. Okay. So while the numbers may not be changing drastically, it's more... So identifying, okay, this year I did a lot of fillings that I didn't want to do, or I did phrenectomies that I didn't want to do, or I did whatever it is. And so then we can identify, okay, well, we have two associates. Like those are yeah. things that we should be giving to them. So I want to back up for a second. Uh, so, so kind of, um, so the concepts there are, one is you have, your schedule dictates your productivity. Okay, so priority scheduling, number one, is dictated by, uh, your productivity is dictated by how much you schedule uh, how you run and work your schedule, okay? The second thing you talked about was taking in- scheduling inventory, okay? And that's a concept that we teach in the mastermind, which is, hey, what procedures am I doing? How much revenue is it generating? How much time is it taking me? Is that something that's worth my time of doing? Is it beneficial to the practice? And better yet, can I delegate that to somebody that somebody else so that I get free time to do something else? And that's kind of what you're saying. How often do you guys look at that? I mean, I'm looking at it monthly, if okay. not throughout the month. Um, and how do you look at that? reports. Mm. I have, um, my number of reports have continued to grow, but I have several Excel spreadsheets that I'm tracking mm. everything on. So um, initially it started with a, a one, you know, universal spreadsheet, mm-hmm. and now we have, 
a hygiene department where um, all of the hygienists are tracking their reports on their own, but we also have a master hygiene spreadsheet. We've got one for each doctor. Um, yeah, we've got tons of spreadsheets. Well, I get lo- I, I understand numbers pretty yeah. well, but I, I'm, I've stopped listening when you said lots of spreadsheets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that's, right. but that's what helps me identify okay. you know, things that we need to improve on. Okay. Um, so back to systemization. Talk to me more about some of that stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, systemization, I think, is just... It's, it's always there. You're always going to need to find and identify areas and so that need improvement um, as you grow. I mean, you'll never get to a place that everything can you think is of one? Can you think of one that sticks out to you? Yeah, I think on our admin team or for our admin team, a big thing that we identified collectively was that we were continuing to have a problem with patients not showing for their appointments for cleanings. Okay. And with a hygiene base the size that we have and patients wanting to get in the door, that's problematic. Yeah. And so we started talking through why is this happening. And so And we, who's we? Who's who's we started talking through this? Our was admin the, team. So it wasn't you and the dentist, it wasn't you and the hygienist, it was you and you were leading the other front office team. Okay. Correct, yeah. So having a conversation with them and they're saying, you know, well, they, you know, confirmed with their text message to say that they were coming. And it's like, okay, well, did they did they fill out their paperwork for their appointment? How many times are they getting these notifications? When was the confirmation text being sent? You know, so just identifying those things and tweaking you know, ways that we're doing things to see an improvement in patients showing up. So you know, now we have a much more thorough process for that um, something so simple to make sure that our schedule is staying full and that we're not having random holes throughout the day. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, so kind of let's move to business. So that's kind of systemization, kind of give us an idea. So basically, and I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to say this demeaning. I really am not. But yeah. basically what it is, is is you're an organizer at that point. Systemization is just really kind of organizing the processes. Yeah. Getting it in writing so that way if somebody were out, somebody could kind of look at somebody's day and say, oh, this is what they do. This is what what's happening. And obviously these these are living and breathing documents because they change kind mm-hmm. of as things change, right? Yeah. All right. So and I think that's one of the challenges we all have is that we, we take the time at some point in our career to make these documents and all of this, and then we don't really touch it for a, it. a couple of years and the whole, the whole role has changed or the person has changed. And you know, and sometimes we fit roles to people or people fit to roles and, and it kind of things change. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very guilty of that as well. Yeah. All right, so let's, well, let's walk to business development. Uh, what, what is your role in business development? Because a lot of times people, office managers don't think of themselves as business people, they think of themselves as managing people or developing business. They think of themselves as managing people. Uh, So walk through kind of what your role is in business development. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Hello, podcast family. T-Bone here bringing you our newest live patient implant training, Full Arch Express. For dentists already placing implants and ready to level up and continue building their implant practice, this is the golden ticket. We're diving deep into Full Arch Implants, the hottest game changer in implant dentistry. In this program, we tackle both overdentures and all annex fixed hybrids, mastering techniques that are essential for modern, comprehensive dental care. It's about getting your hands on the tools and techniques that will replace the doubt and fear with confidence and predictability. Here's the kicker. There's live patient training right here in North Carolina. You're not just learning theories. You're in the operatory doing real work on real patient from start to finish, guided one-on-one by our expert 3D mentors. 
You'll learn the nuances of each approach, ensuring you can cater to a wide range of patients to maximize revenue. Speaking of revenue, with me, you know it's not just about the clinical skills. We're bringing business into this aspect too, teaching you how to integrate these advanced services profitably into your practice. So are you ready to rise up to the top in implant dentistry? Join us at the Full Arch Express. This isn't just another course, it's a career-defining leap. Head to www.3d-dentist.com to enroll in our next session. 3D Dentist is truly committed to helping dentists take control of their practice, finances, and future. Now, back to this week's episode. So I would say the biggest thing that I'm actively helping with is we have weekly owners meetings with Dr. Rick and Dr. Sully. So that's something that, you know, every week. And we, what is that? You three? Yeah, me, Dr. Rick, and Dr. Sully. Okay. Um, And And how long do you last with that? We do it at lunch, so it's an hour. An hour. Okay. Um, And do they prepare anything for this? No. (laughs) Do Um, you prepare anything for this? Yes. I normally have an agenda that I'll send them in advance on a good day um, to give them a heads up of just things that I have seen in the business, you know, throughout the week. Give us an example of one. Um, Our AR spiking. Okay. Or, um, you know, team members that need to be followed up with on certain procedures they're not comfortable with. I mean, it could be a number of different things. But just giving an agenda to basically say, this is where we're at with the business, this is where we're at with our team, and this is where, you know, there, these are some areas of improvement that we could okay. work on. And what do they really say and do at that point? Um, do they just tell you you figure it out and fix it? <laughs> it depends. It depends on the subject. Sometimes they're like, we don't need to be talking about this right now. This is, yeah. this is not super important. Um, or it's... Yeah, let's let's hammer these details out. This is something that we need to be thinking about. This is something we need to be. A what, lot of times, it's not a solution that's come to you know that day, but it's at least yeah. putting it on their radar that it's going on. All right. On that note, <laughs> whose job is it? Because I, I can have something put on my radar, and then my radar gets filled with something yeah, else. Which is why it's weekly. <laughs> that's why. <right>, okay. All <laughs> right. So you have the same problem. Yes. <laughs> uh, Sully and I are very similar personalities in that sense. Um, what is what? What do you do? Or what is the process when you find something to be very important that they want to dismiss? In presenting it to them? Yeah. Like, let's say you present something to me like, hey, I don't want to talk about that's not important right now, but you feel it's super important. Yeah. I think they've done a great job of giving me the autonomy to say, if this is something that, you know, it's not, it's, it doesn't warrant them spending their energy on it, but Mm -hmm. it's something that I still feel like the team would benefit from. They've given me a lot of autonomy to say, you know, this do it, figure it out, but like y'all work as a team to do it. It's not a problem. Can you think of anything like that or is there an example of that? Um, I mean, this is something really petty, but like needing... Petty, a, but petty matters sometimes. Yeah, needing a cabinet in our bathroom for cleaning supplies when a sedated patient goes to the bathroom in our bathroom. So the cleaning supplies aren't yeah, out. Yeah, something okay. so small and random, but it's like to the front desk, that's super annoying to like go look for cleaning supplies when we need to clean a bathroom. And so okay. just something as simple as that I'm not going to go, you know, blow yeah, money definitely. on a big piece of furniture yeah. right out of the gate, but I'm going to run that by them. They're like, yeah, go do it, and problem solved. Okay. Um, so, again, that's not something, and, you know, we've joked, but when they're saying, you know, I'm the COO or chief mm-hmm. operations officer, that's not something that necessarily needs to be discussed in a, a C-suite meeting, but right. it's also something that has no. to get I know, laugh when we done. talk about C-suite meetings for dental practices. We're yeah. a small, you know, we're yeah. a mom-and-pop shop. 
Uh, I laugh when people say run your practice like a CEO. CEO. Yeah. And and so I don't believe that we warrant that until we reach a certain size. Yeah. And you guys are kind of getting close to that size, but I still think you have a lot long way to go before you warrant that CEO oh, and yeah, all that stuff. Sure. That true structure that that's there. All right. So what else is involved in business development for you? The book that you're um, holding (laughs) (laughs) has been a big part of it. That kind of goes back to the systemization of everything, too, and just. So I'll show it to the to everybody here. It's an employee handbook. It's very. I think you wasted a lot of money on this leather bound. It's from FedEx. It was like five bucks. That's again to the Indian (laughs) that you can get a ninety-seven cent uh, thing from Walmart. Uh, That was four. That was four x too much. Okay, Uh, and so yeah, in here is basically everything that you're talking about uh, that you guys do, so that way. Yeah. Yeah. And any then document. These very small cards that I can't read. <laughs> that, la- that that are laminated. Yeah. That kind of have the ind- these are kind of the individual team roles kind of on here, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. So um, as far as that goes, I mean that was important for me because I was getting hung up with a lot of training mm-hmm. at the time with several new team members, and so if I'm constantly having to repeat a process that could be systemized or delegated or delegated. Yeah then that's, that's not efficient of my time when I could be helping mm-hmm. grow the business or you know talk with Dr. Rick and Dr. Sully on things, projects that they're wanting to work on. And so this allowed me, my, me to free up my own time to spend areas um, or spend my time on areas that were more efficient with them. Okay. Um, and so what that looks like now is just learning how to maximize the new space that we're in. And so we've grown a lot, but we still have you know operatories that aren't being used or um, operatories that aren't being used to their fullest potential. And so um, that's that's our big focus right now is just continuing to see with our associates um, how they can fine-tune their skill set and and treatment plan more efficiently mm-hmm. so that they're not seeing But a you're patient. not a dentist, Aubrey. How dare you say that to them? I would say that it's it's a fun, like, partnership. You know, okay. I'm, not, I'm not telling them how to do the dentistry. I don't, I, I don't know how to do the dentistry. Right. That's the one part of the practice that I, you know, can't step into that role, but um, helping see on the business side of things and crunch the numbers for them so that they're not having to when do that. When you say crunch numbers, let's be more, give me an example of some numbers that you've crunched that's led to some decision that you've made yeah. or helped them make or as a group have made. The routine numbers that we're cr- crunching are just our um, production mm-hmm. collections, AR, there's a lot of things up front, but we also are running reports specific to procedures for mm-hmm. the doctors that they're doing, or that are the, the procedures that they're doing for those doctors. So it kind of like based off the our 3D monthly tracker that we do, right? Yeah. Which has mm-hmm. the production by provider, the collections, uh, collections by type, and then it kind of goes into your AR. Where's your AR? Is what's patient? What's insurance? What's you know contracts or financing? Uh, then we walk into your patient flow, and then. Then there's the, hey, what, what, what are we doing departmentally in terms of how many implants are we doing? How many, you know, what production are we doing from implants, ortho, sleep, in my case, all those things so that mm-hmm. we can see what, what those different uh, product lines are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you run all that. Yep. So I'm running all those and then we're, we're going through them monthly to see, okay, was this a good month? Was and this who's a, we? Uh, me and the provider. Okay. You so and hygiene, individual they're doing providers. their own and then, yeah, with the okay. doctors. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is kind of leading into leadership now. So let's yeah. kind of look into leadership. Walk walk me through what is your role as a quote unquote leader in the practice. So we have our morning huddles every morning. So mm-hmm. I help facilitate that, or I am the one that facilitates our our team meetings and huddles in the morning, um, just to kick off the day. And then we have scheduled meetings throughout the month. So we'll have department meetings. We'll have 
full team trainings, mm -hmm. and then um, you know we have fun things along the way too. Okay. But those are the big things I'm helping facilitate, and then just having those one-on-one -on -one conversations, I think, are where the most value is because that's where true, you know, value, I guess, is is just brought from those. It feels catered to them. So right. well, people making, feel heard. Yeah. And they're understanding their own numbers versus right. making general blanket statements of like, hey, this is where we're at for the month, but, you know, how does that pertain to them? Yeah. So I think those, me spending the time with individuals has been huge. I, I want to unwrap that a little bit yeah. and go backwards, okay? So once a week you meet with the owners, mm -hmm. which is Rick and Sully in this case. Walk me through this lead, your leadership meet. So daily you have a morning huddle, which is a non-negotiable. What else is the leadership part of this? Like specifically, how often... Uh, are you meeting with the group of do you meet with the group of hygienists? Mm -hmm. How monthly. often? Monthly. Mm -hmm. Do you meet with the group of assistants? Mm -hmm. How often? Monthly. And how long is that typically? Normally, it's a, all of our meetings for the most part are at lunch. At lunch, so an hour. Yeah. yeah. And then, do you meet with the front office team? Mm -hmm. Okay. What other type of? And then you said something and about all team. team. And we have a team lead meeting that we have okay. monthly. And then we have a bi monthly. And the team lead meeting would be who's in? That's you. The assistant lead, the hygiene lead. And Dr. Rick and Dr. Sully. Okay, so... They that, don't necessarily have to be in it, but they're okay. most of the time... Sometimes they yeah. pop in. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you you represent the front. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody represents the hygiene. Somebody represents the assistant. And then the dentist may or may not come. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Most of the time they are, but... Because um, that's a good opportunity for them to hear what's going on, okay. too. Um, but so you meet once a month uh -huh. with the team leads. And then you have an all-hands-on-deck meeting. Correct. How often is that? Uh, every other Wednesday. Every other, so twice a month. Mm -hmm, bi monthly, yeah. For one hour? Mm -hmm. Okay. Do you guys do uh, afternoon every month or anything like that? We do it first thing in the morning when everybody's awake. Because okay. in the afternoon we find that people are more sleepy. First thing in the morning for how long? An hour. Oh, the hour. But do you guys, yeah. uh, so one of the things we talk about 3D, so I'm going to hopefully kind of get you guys to do, I know it's, it's more expensive when you're such a large size, but maybe uh, once a month, like for example, we have a, uh, one one Wednesday afternoon a month, we meet as a team and we do our role play coaching and, mm -hmm. and team training like that. So we have department trainings. Okay. We have department trainings booked for 2023 okay. and blocked on the schedule already for two hours in the okay, morning. Um, yeah, once a month. And that was a, another need that we realized yeah. that, you know, when the hygiene, hygienists are wanting to block off their schedule for iTero training, but they've got a full schedule for yeah, the next six months, hard. that's really difficult to do. So yeah. we went ahead and pre-booked that that way. It's there. We will always have areas that we want training in, and so it's a, it's already reserved for us. Okay. Yeah. What else can you say to us about leadership? Leadership comes in a. It just it looks different in so many scenarios. You know, sometimes it's with the entire team. Sometimes it's with a department. Sometimes it's leading the team leads to lead sometimes their department. It's putting out fires. Some a, a lot of times <laughs> it's putting out fires. Um, helping you know show the team what the doctor's vision is. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big part of it because, you know, they're busy so much, you know, so many times doing their own things and with their hands and patients' mouths doing dentistry that it's hard sometimes for them to convey what their big picture is. And so I think that that's the biggest thing is like, and that's why it's important for us to have weekly meetings because then my messaging is always consistent with theirs based on whatever may be going on. All right. Last question for you. Mm -hmm. So if I were to walk into Sullivan Dental Partners on any random day, what would I find Aubrey doing? What would your day look like? That would vary. No, um, but just give, yeah, me, a, yeah. give me a, an ideal day. Yeah. What would, not so, even ideal, just kind of a, a normal day. Yeah, a normal day for me, I think. Are you sitting I, in your office hiding from office. everybody? 
I have the door open. Okay. It's a revolving door most of the time. Sometimes I have to shut it and lock it so that people don't come in. Um, but it's an open door. I am in my office quite a bit just because I'm constantly mm-hmm. running the numbers and paying attention to things on the schedule and making sure that things are flowing smoothly, which is, I would say my computer is like, you know, the mecca for that. Um, But a lot of my time is spent interacting with the admin team because essentially I am our Do you answer phones? I'm not answering phones. I'm taking a lot of, you know, frustrated phone calls if I need to step in on those. Um, I am still helping some with treatment plans, you know, helping our treatment coordinators with those. Um, So I can be a point person for phone calls when, you know, any team member really doesn't know how to handle a certain situation. Yes, I mean, I would say calls are transferred to me routinely. Okay. Um, but yeah, just helping helping the front, you know, get their, continue to get call, their system. Do you do down. insurance claims? Not doing anything with insurance okay. claims, but I am working closely with our insurance. We person. Have a, yes, yeah. insurance person. Yeah, I mean, just working through how, mu- how many payments we're posting a day for insurance, why mm. payments aren't getting posted, what, what adjustments we're making for accounts. Um, helping the front continue to learn how to effectively schedule patients so that the doctors are, you know, seeing patients in a, at a time that makes the most sense. Um, So yeah, I'm working closely with them. And then I would say working really closely with our team leads because every day I can't go through and touch base with every single team member as even though I would love to, you know, we try to, that's why morning huddle is so fun, but working really closely with Jess and Andrea to make sure that then their departments are being led well and that they're also being able to be a voice for their departments. I want to make an observation and comment here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of our listeners aren't in a position where they can have a person that that does, that's so, I, I don't want to use the word incorrectly, that's hands-off on the day-to-day operations, like the actual insurance and all of those things, because their office manager is a part-time job, like it's an add-on job to, hey, I answer the phones, or hey, I do the insurance, or hey, I do these things. And my point in bringing this up is at some point, the owner of the business, the name on the door, has to decide where are we trying to take this practice, okay? And if we're trying to take this practice, if we're trying to next level the practice, okay, then we've got to free up the time. A, we've got to decide, do we have the right person? And we've got to free up the time for the person to have the time and energy to do this and then take things off their plate. So my point in saying this is, would you be able to be as effective if you were still sending out claims, if you were still answering the phones, if you were still doing occasional treatment planning, or if you were even, quote-unquote, supposed to be available for those things? Like, at this point, it sounds like the team knows that you technically don't exist unless, you know, you don't exist for those Unique tasks yeah. unless, like, somebody's out or something's happened or it's a disgruntled yeah. situation or a super complicated case or something like that. Would you be able to be as effective? No. And so that's, that's what I was going to say is that, you know, eight months ago, I was answering the phones. Mm-hmm. I was helping send claims. I was helping build out insurance profiles. I was the one doing the treatment plans. So, you know, the role as an office manager, if we're going to call it mm-hmm. that, is constantly just filling in the gaps with where mm-hmm. it's needed in the moment. But, but that's the, a problem, I think. The role of a business developer, mm-hmm. I think, is what, you know, you mm-hmm. guys want to advocate for. And so I think as the office manager or whatever that person is doing, if if you're starting to do something so routinely that it's consuming all of your time, that means that you need to hire for that Somebody, role. Yeah. That's a clear outline of a job description yeah. that you then need to fill so that you can then t- 
continue to go on to helping you guys fulfill your vision. So that's where I think we've continued to, you know, learn and grow. And that's where I've just helped fill in the gaps along the way. And then as I get it down to a system and to a, a clear role, it's like, okay, this is what the next person will step into, which then leads so perfectly into the replace yourself, right. you know, concept. So, so what's next for Aubrey? Oh gosh. Um, you know, I, at this point I've had so much fun, you know, growing 10 new team members in mm -hmm. the past year that it's been really fun to see, you know, a solid full, um, you know, we're going to continue to grow too, but it's been so fun to help along alongside that and be a part of that. And so I think that's what has been the most rewarding part for me in the past year is learning that that's something I want to continue to do and potentially even do with other offices. I want to ask you, I said one more last question earlier, yeah. but I got another one. Yeah. Okay. I want you to pretend you own the business. Okay. What do you think the potential is and where do you think, where do you think the opportunities are from your eyes to take the practice to an even another level? Yeah. I would say now, you know, at Sullivan Dental Partners, we've gone from, if, if we're talking numbers, you know, we've gone from mid twos to mm -hmm. three and a half to four and a half to close to six. And so we can continue to, um, we have operatories that aren't being used. Mm -hmm. And so it's just continuing to identify how can we make our associate schedules more efficient mm -hmm. and hire more doctors to be um, but more with more doctors, you need space. more patients, correct? Mm, not, necessarily. not necessarily. I love that's, hearing that. That's literally like one of the things on the top of our owners' meeting um, document every week is that you know more more appointments doesn't mean more production. Um, it's just being efficient with the appointments that are on the schedule. So um, I, I think efficient is the wrong word there. Okay. Because people think of efficient as how fast you can do treatment. Okay, so I can make a two-hour appointment one hour by working harder, curing faster, those kind of things. I think when we, and this is because I know you're so, so, so ingrained in our 3D philosophy, what we mean by efficiency is more, more procedures at a single visit. Yes. Okay, what I think most dentists hear when we use the word efficient is faster. Okay. And yeah. there's, a, there's a difference. Mm -hmm. there's, there's a difference in being more efficient versus being more productive. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so we misuse those terms sometimes, uh, you know, just naturally. Yeah. So we don't want our doctors to be more efficient. We want them to be more productive. Mm -hmm. Because I promise you, most people, when they think of efficiency, they're like, well, I prep in 90 seconds. How much yeah. faster can I get? Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, you're wasting 20 minutes turning over a room. Yeah. Uh, or wasting 10 minutes going from this room to this room when you could have just done two crowns on the same patient, yeah. two fillings on the same patient, or two implants on the same patient. So we, we as, as yeah. 3D, we need to start stop using the word efficient and use the word more productive. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, I mean, we had that happen, you know, this past week. How can we um, see a patient one time and do all of their dentistry yeah. in one appointment while they're <clears throat> sleeping yeah. versus the patient coming back four times for four quadrants of dentistry, you yeah. know? So I think... I'm with you. It's um, being productive versus yeah. efficient. Yeah. yeah. Anything else from your end? No, I think I'm excited to see where Sullivan Dental Partners goes and, you know, how my role continues to evolve. Well, perfect. Yeah. Aubrey, thank you so much yeah, thank you. Uh, for being a part of this. And, and we went a little long, but that's okay. That's, yeah. that's a good conversation. So yeah. uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with Aubrey, uh, she's at Sullivan Dental Partners. Uh, she does have a day job. Uh, and uh, she is, yeah, I'm not giving all, <laughs> I'm not doing all of that. 
Uh, Aubrey is more available to through our mastermind programs and our team mastermind programs uh, to help dentists and the team members grow uh, at this point in time between her role there and uh, the the use in our mastermind programs. There's really not a lot of time for uh, outside involvement for things. So uh, it's another reason to join in the 3D family through the mastermind and our team mastermind. So uh, thank you, everybody. Have a great day. Hey, podcast family, T-Bone here. Are you a dentist looking to elevate your practice and profits? Then pay close attention. Introducing the 3D Business Mastermind, the dental business coaching program designed for dentists who want to see real results. I've walked the path of practice ownership for nearly 25 years. I know your challenges. I felt your pain. This is your opportunity to overcome the chaos, the busyness, and the financial frustrations of owning a dental practice. Imagine a dental practice where your appointment book is highly productive, doing the dentistry you enjoy, your team is self-motivated, and your profits keep climbing. That's what the 3D Business Mastermind is all about. In this exclusive mastermind, you'll join a league of ambitious dentists driven to elevate their practices. You'll gain access to proven strategies, personalized coaching, and a community that understands your journey. So if you're ready to supercharge your dental practice and enjoy the success you deserve, visit www.3d-dentists.com and take the first step towards a brighter future in dentistry by filling out the 3D Business Mastermind application. Now, let's get to this week's episode.